pretty. Thank you. So you agree? What? You think you're really pretty. Mark Savvy here, and I'm so happy to be waking you up on a Monday morning, the last Monday before the holidays. Yes. Merry Christmas. Good. Unfortunately, Jen could not be with me for this episode because she's doing a huge exam. Super proud of you, Jen. Wish you all the luck. It's three hours long, and we just simply like mismanaged her time. It's fine, though. You're going to get lots of Jen this week because we have the Christmas special coming up, and... We still have our full Spider-Man No Way Home reaction. But don't worry if you want to hear a little bit about what we think of the movie for this episode. I'll do a spoiler-free reaction at the end. This way, if you don't even want to hear anything, you can just skip right through it. But I promise you I'll put no spoilers in my brief review at the end of this episode. Fuck, I have to say, though, I really missed having Jen these last couple episodes. Unfortunately, she just had a really busy week, and I wasn't able to have her be on the show. Jen, you're the best part of me. I love you. I can't wait to have you back in these next couple episodes. Ha! Gay! Oh, come on. Give me a break, Chang. It's not that bad. Fuck. Just got punked by Chang. Oh, snap! Here it comes, y'all! You're the worst Spanish teacher ever, bro. If they ever did a Senor Chang's, like kind of like Senor Frog's, but like a community-based restaurant, I would love it. Definitely go to that. Community got really poor towards the last couple seasons, but I think it was seasons one to three. Yeah, I think it was seasons one to three. I forget. It's been a while since I actually watched the show. It, it went downhill after Troy left. Childish Gambino, Donald Glover, bro, you're a comedic genius, and you were sorely missed. Mark Savvy left community. A lot of people might not remember this because the movie came out in 2017, but Donald Glover was actually in Spider-Man Homecoming. He played this character who's trying to buy guns from one of the um, Vultures crew. You know what his name was? Aaron Davis. Even if you're not familiar with the comic books, I'm sure a lot of you have seen Into the Spider-Verse, and Aaron Davis is the uncle of Miles Morales. Prowler, you know that bad guy had that really cool costume? So that's pretty sick, you know, if they decide to go the Miles Morales route, Donald Glover could be playing his uncle. Now the issue with this is, I don't see that happening anytime soon. You know, Tom Holland wants to take a break, he is signed to do three more movies. I've maintained multiple times that they should do a Miles Morales Disney Plus show, make it really grounded. It's not like they have to happen one after the other, it can be happening concurrently, and I really think that if they wait too long, Donald Glover is not going to be interested. But if they are able to bring him on, he would 
absolutely crush it. This guy is so talented on so many levels, writing, music, acting, comedy. You have to bring him on. There's just too much he could do with this universe. It's just so valuable. I know we've been talking a lot about Spider-Man the last few weeks, but I promise you, <laughs> things are gonna start to wind back a little bit. We're gonna finish the comic book club, the Nick Spencer run here. And then after that, we're gonna do our Spider-Man reaction. I don't see us talking Spider-Man anytime soon after that. Ah, well, you never know. Huh? Maybe Spider-Man could pop up in a time, in a time. All right, let's get right into our savvy comic book club. This Nick Spencer run of The Amazing Spider-Man has just been a phenomenal read. Dare I say, amazing. I think it's time though we kind of shift gears into a different direction and start reading about someone else. You know, we just saw Spider-Man. It was a great introduction to that character, but it's time to go on to the next series. But for now, let's talk about these next two issues, and then I'll mention what we're going to be reading next. With these next two issues, we don't really have a conclusion to a particular story or arc with Spider-Man, but it's okay because we just wanted to kind of dive in, get a little bit of a view of the character, and then move on to the next thing. In issues number seven and eight, we find Peter Parker stuck in this bar with Boomerang, who's his roommate, kind of a supervillain slash douchebag, and um, Kingpin calls in and is like, yo, can you do a job for me? And Boomerang's like, nah, fuck you, dude. And then Kingpin's like, fine. Fuck you. I'm gonna call a hit on your ass. But Boomerang doesn't know that yet. So he calls a hit and the kind of, um, the best way I can describe it as I mentioned in the previous episode is it's similar to the Continental when John Wick gets a hit put on him. So everyone's trying to kill him and they're in this place that's supposed to be, uh, you know, kind of Switzerland. You have to abide by the rules here. You can't kill anyone, but no one listens and they all go crazy and start trying to fucking murder them, right? Luckily, Peter and Boomerang are able to get out of there unscathed. Well, that's not really true because Boomerang takes a bullet kind of for Peter and he's like pretty hurt afterwards, which really surprised Peter because he always thought his roommate was this huge douchebag slash stupid supervillain and he really surprised him there. On top of that, Peter Parker um, as Spider-Man followed him and thought he was kind of playing with these supervillains behind the scenes, but it was really just LMDs, which are life model decoys. They were kind of like robots. So he kind of explained that to Peter and Peter's like, oh shit, I thought you were hanging out with supervillains. And Boomerang was like, no, dude, I told you I reformed. I'm not a bad guy anymore. So Kingpin, he's watching all of this unfold and he's getting really pissed off that Boomerang and Peter are able to get out of there. Like you have an entire bar full of supervillains and they're not able to take him down. He's fucking cheese. So he's like losing it. He's saying, I'm gonna go fucking find that uh, roommate of his, which is Peter Parker. He doesn't know he's Spider-Man at this point and I'm gonna kill him. And all of a sudden this weird thing comes out and kills like Kingpin's people that he's talking to in this moment. And he's like, you leave Peter alone. And then it seems like uh, this demon guy and kingpin kind of have a connection i don't know they know each other i don't know who this guy is I, like i said i'm not too familiar with comics but this guy like basically fucking scares the shit out of kingpin and forces him to get down on a knee and like bow to him that was a really intense moment i was surprised like you don't expect something like that from kingpin but he was really really scared and this is the same guy that fucked up mysterio in the earlier issue so whoever he is he's a badass and he's the same guy that killed mental strom as well in the previous uh, issue that we just read issue number eight which will be the last one we read for the nick spencer run starts off in a completely different scenario you have this lady chilling in a bar and this guy comes up to her and tries to invest for her i don't know who the fuck this guy is then she comes up to him and is like, fuck you, I know who you are, you're a piece of shit. And he's like, who are you? And she's like, we're part of the Thieves Guild. And the Thieves Guild seem to me like they're bad guys, but at the same time they follow this like weird, intense code. It's kind of like they're a cult of thieves. When I was writing the uh, notes for this podcast, I kept calling them Army of Thieves by accident. And if you haven't seen that movie, I highly recommend it. It was a great time. 
Nothing like spectacular or special, like you're not going to give it five stars, but it's a fun watch. Back to the Thieves Guild, they have this uh, rule where 10% of everything they make, they just throw it away. They throw it in the water, destroy it, which doesn't make any sense. Like I really don't understand um, why they would do that. It's some kind of, like I said, religious cult. So all cults are the same. They're crazy and they have a code that's so intense that just makes them irrational. That's the way I look at it. So MJ and Peter are um, chilling and having a good time. They're getting a poutine or something. I don't know. They're just having snacks in New York. When all of a sudden Peter gets a call from Tony Stark. Tony's like, yo, you have to come here right now. Apparently all the Avengers shit has been stolen. So Peter runs and he's like, sorry, MJ, I got to bail. That's one thing I noticed in a lot of um, Spider-Man stories. It seems like Peter keeps trying to keep MJ, but he's torn between her and his duty for Spider-Man. I don't know why it has to always be like that, you know? Like, fuck. Um, Superman's able to get Lois Lane. I know it's a different universe, but still, he's able to have both. In the next couple pages, we see Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor just battling people, and all of a sudden, all their shit gets stolen. It just disappears out of nowhere. It's like magic. Oh, I wonder who did that, huh? <laughs> well, it wasn't Doctor Strange, and it wasn't magic. Because the next page, we see the same lady from the first page address the entire thieves guild. She makes this massive crazy person speech that just riles everybody up and then she sends them off. Issue 8 ends with all the superheroes starting to get their shit stolen. All of them. Outside of even the Avengers. You got, even Ghost Rider gets his stuff stolen. Then you cut to Spider-Man and he's kind of just shooting around. All of a sudden his web shooter's gone and he starts to just fall. I really gotta understand what the deal is with the web shooters. Fuck, I don't want to spoil anything for No Way Home, but I really need to understand how that mechanic works. So he's falling and all of a sudden Black Cat saves them. And he's like, oh, thanks Black Cat. I really appreciate it. And she's like, bye, and fucking scratches his face off. So obviously Black Cat's pissed and is trying to kill him. So that's where this issue ends. I want to thank Sir Superhero for his awesome recommendation. It was a great character study on Peter Parker as Spider-Man, and I really appreciated uh, reading the whole thing. Next up, I think we're going to get into Morbius. No, I think we are getting into Morbius. The movie Movie's coming out around end of January, so it's a good time to read this comic. The comic that we're going to read is Morbius 2019, written by Vita Ayala. We're going to start with issue one. I'm really excited for this one. Vita Ayala, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, is the first female writer that we've covered. It's just great to be able to cover more diverse background, you know, get a wider range of writers for our comic book club to cover. Who knows, maybe we'll be able to get her on the show. I'll see if I can get her contact info and maybe I'll shoot her an email. I'd love to have her on, obviously. It just depends on if I can even get in touch with her, right? Okay, so to recap, that's Morbius 2019 by Vita Ayala for next week. Before we go, we got to talk about No Way Home. If you haven't seen the movie, I promise you there are no spoilers in this. Please don't spoil it for anyone. Yeah, no spoilers. Mm-hmm. No spoilers. But Jamie, you are a spoiler. What you mean I'm a spoiler? I would never want to do that to someone. I know the Variety posted an article that had tons of spoilers. There's been a lot of loser fucking reporters on Twitter that have spoiled major moments in movies the last few months. I don't want to do that to anybody. Okay. CC. Okay. Get on with it. Yes, get over it. Spider-Man No Way Home is kind of like a love letter to Spider-Man fans. All right, it has everything you could want out of a movie. It was so well written. The shots were amazing. The score was beautiful. 
and it had moments that made you laugh and cry. Basically, you were shedding tears of joy and sadness. As I'm sure many of you have probably seen in the countless trailers, posters, and all the interviews the cast and crew have done, we're going to see a lot of villains from the first two Spider-Man live-action franchises. If I can make one recommendation to you before you see this movie, go back and rewatch the previous Spider-Man live-action films. You know the villains are going to be in it. So get a little bit of a refresh on who they are and what their motivations were. It's very important. And if you don't have the time to do that, maybe watch a YouTube clip that doesn't spoil No Way Home. I'm sure you can find something. It's the internet. There's tons of shit there. All the old people that I know get so mad at me when I say I can learn anything from the internet. They're like, no, you can't. No, you can't. Yeah, you fucking can. It's the internet, okay? Another important thing to note, there will be two after credit scenes and both of them you're going to want to stay for. Okay? Okay? That's it. That's all I'll say. See? No spoilers. No spoilers, eh? I got a pretty dope sense of humor, bro. Thank you for listening to Savvy Geeks. I'm your host, Mark Savvy, making a more whispered goodbye because Jen's taking her test. Bye.